0: Father God, we praise you this morning. God, we give you the glory. We thank you, God, for what you're showing us, what you're, what everything that you've done for us, God. Lord, we thank you for the the youth event yesterday and how the altars were filled with kids. Lord God, we thank you, God. There were grandmas on their altar interceding for the kids. We thank you, God, for the the ministers and and those that were able to pray with the, the children, the young people. God, we thank you for the food that you provided. We thank you for everything that you did. Yesterday, and opening this, uh, a shift in the favor of New Mexico's youth. Lord, we praise you for it, we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for everyone who is here this morning, Lord, who is coming to your house, Lord, to seek your face, to hear your word, God, to assemble ourselves together, Lord God. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Some of you might be able to quote this one not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of Psalm is, but exhorting one another as so much the more as you see the day approaching. As holy people of God, we need to recognize that it is important for us to look at verse 22, to let us draw near, verse 22, with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Who is faithful? God, Jesus, He is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another as so much the more as you see the day approaching. Do you see the day approaching? Do you see how things are coming closer and closer together? And how, the, how people uh, refer to it as birth pangs. Those birth pangs are getting closer and closer. What happens when the birth pangs are on top of each other? It's time, it's go time, right? So, those, that, when, when you're expecting, the doctor says, when the contractions get to be about, I forget how many minutes, seven minutes? When they get really close, then you call me. And and now looking back at it, it's kind of funny because you just know you know it's time to go, right? And sometimes you might think, well, this might be it, but if you'll listen to your body, to yourself, you'll know it's it. this is not it. But right now, in the earth, we see those birth pains getting closer and closer together. We see the things that Jesus spoke of. And we're not supposed to look for, you know, be just looking for signs and looking for this and looking for that. Because we follow him and we follow his word. And by his spirit, he will reveal. And he will let us know. Amen? Amen. But that's through that relationship. We need that relationship. And the things, the signs and those things that we see in the earth are not so much for the the Bible scholars and those that... Or maybe this is what Bible scholars do. For those who have, don't have that, that type relationship, if I'm making sense. I'm not trying to be super hyper-spiritual. I'm just saying if you have a relationship with God, he will reveal things to you. And, and the, 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 the signs of those things, just like the Bible says that the, the message in tongues, and interpretation is for the unbelievers. And so other people, so it increases our faith and for our edification of the church, but it's also so that unbelievers will see and know that he is God and hear and know that he is God. Amen? So we see that this day is approaching. It's getting closer and closer. Look at verse 26. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no sacrifice for sins. We don't want to turn around and repent of repenting. That's what it's talking about. Amen? It's not talking about stumbling, it's talking about if you willfully throw yourself back out to sin, you turn and you run away from God, then you repent of your relationship of Jesus with Jesus. Does that make any sense? We're not gonna repent. I'm not gonna repent of my relationship with Jesus. Amen? There are people today who are faced, probably right now while we're speaking, who are being faced with having a and and told, you either change and, and how do I say it? Renounce Jesus Christ as your personal Savior or you die. That renouncing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior is the same thing as repenting of your relationship with him. Amen? So they will not. If they truly love him and they truly know him, they will not. They will love their lives unto death. Love not their lives unto death brother. They will not love their lives. Amen? They will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They will not love their lives unto death. They will, they're willing to lay their life down for Jesus Christ. Amen? So if we, if we do the opposite of that's what he's talking about here in verse 26, then there is no more sacrifice for that sin. Amen? amen all right so what the lord's telling us today is today is the day of salvation today is the day the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it let us i was glad when he said unto me let us go into the house of the lord amen Amen. we should be so glad we should be so thankful that this place is here that these doors are open there's coming a day when that door is not going to be open i would you know I'm not prophesying, but there may be a day that, that the, the government comes through and burns all the churches to the ground. Amen? Early this morning, I was meditating. I was thinking about things. I was talking to the Lord. And I thought about in the, um, the, the rapture movies back when we were kids, they had um, the people would come to the church seeking answers. And, of course, there was always this one pastor that didn't get raptured because he didn't have a relationship with the Lord. And then he realized, oh, no, I missed the rapture. I missed the catching away. I missed, I missed the Lord's return, and I got left here. And so he's sitting there, and he's looking through the scriptures, and he's saying, oh, now I see it. And so then in the, in the movies, they have this, this, these people that are, like, running from the, the government, the, the, the 666 squad, squad that's trying to, you know, put the, the mark on everybody. And they, they come in, and they, they run to this church trying to find refuge, trying to find maybe a snack to eat or, or and to find answers. And they find this pastor sitting there crying and weeping and looking through his Bible and they all, they form a league and they begin to sneak around, you know, trying to survive and to escape the mark of the beast. Right? Have y'all seen these movies? We gotta get these movies. <laughs> and, and so, they're running from it. And they're running from it. But the, the thing is, is that, I was thinking, Lord, Anglican no churches. By that time, the churches will have shut their doors. By that, there's going to be a great falling away. There's going to be an awakening, yes. But the churches we know it will not be like that. There's not going to be like this cute little chapel out in the middle of the woods waiting for for people to run into seeking the Lord after the mark of the beast has been, been instated. It comes as angel light. He does come as an angel light. Yeah. You saying there'd be false churches? Yes. Yeah, there'd be false churches, yeah. There's already false churches. Oh my goodness. Don't get me started. <laughs> All right. So turn with me to 2 Timothy mm-hmm. 1 7. Timothy 1 7. I'm going the wrong way in my own Bible. <clears throat> Somebody gets there before I do, you can read it. I think I have it folded over, that's why. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and letter to the Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. There it is. I kept folding it, flipping over the top of it. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of his... "...nor of me his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began." Before the world began, it was given to us. Now, he, he's telling us this morning, there's a lot of stuff going on out there. And we as parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, we need to recognize that you have a high calling. Amen? As grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles in the church, you have a high calling there as well. It is our job and our duty to look out for the generation behind us and the generation's generations. Amen? It is too late in the time as the Lord is coming that the day is drawing nigh, it is too late for us to waste time anymore. Somebody said high time. It's high time we stop wasting time. Amen? We need to stop just just thinking, well, it's just gonna be okay, it's all gonna work itself out. You know, if you leave things to work themselves out, what happens? There is a way that seemeth right unto man. And the end thereof is death and destruction. Amen? There is a. What does the path of sin lead to? Death, destruction, hell. Eternal separation. Wailing and gnashing of teeth. Amen? Do we want that for our future generation? No. Do we want that for our kids? No. Do we want that for the stranger in the street? No. It's high time we got a hold of the horns of the altar. It's high time we got ourselves saturated with the word of God. It is high time that we spend so much time in the Holy Ghost that truly we're just the Holy Ghost is just bubbling over in us everywhere we go. It's time. We've talked about it. We've preached about it. We read about it. We watch TV and they talk about it sometimes. But it's time for us to get a hold of it ourselves. To own this. Amen? To realize that we are slaves. To Christ. We are his bondservant. Amen? Or that we should be. And therein we find the greatest freedom ever. The greatest freedom that we can experience on earth is in being a bondservant to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Just before verse Seven, there He says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, Timothy is speaking to, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. He's telling Timothy, remember that gift of God that was imparted to you. Remember that, that gift and that calling, that anointing that you have. You need to stir it up, Timothy. Amen? Don't be texting me in the middle of the night by sending me a, a message on a donkey by messenger and asking me to, to stir up the gift that's within you. It's in you, amen. The gift is within you. You need to stir it up. If I come into church, <clears throat> this church body, and I come in, you know, I sit on the front pew. I've always liked to sit on the front pew except when I didn't. And when you sit on the front pew and you sit down, you cross your legs, you fold your arms, and you just start staring at the minister up there. And you're patting, you rocking your foot back and forth. You're just staring at him. And their worship leaders get up, and they're worshiping, and you're just staring at them. I don't know what's going through my mind right now. Some people are actually capable of nothing running through their minds. Not stone. That's why I look at am I'm fully capable of pretty much nothing running through my mind at times. People think that's weird, but... And they're just sitting there staring, and they next thing you know, something else popping in their mind, and something else, and then something else, and then something else. And they're not thinking about God. we are not thinking about... The word, not reading the word, thinking about what she said before I left the house, and what he's going to do when I get home, and how I got cut off in traffic, and man, I'm hungry, I got to eat. God, I hope you're glad I'm in your house. <laughs> my, 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 we need to get a hold of the goodness of God. Amen? That when we come in, that we're, it's hardly, we're, we don't really want to sit down. We want to stand up. We want to worship God. I see, you know, we go out to places and we're standing after church, people stand around the parking lot for an hour and a half, two hours, talking and talking and talking and talking and laughing and laughing, but they couldn't stand up during the worship service. Amen? They couldn't endure for one hour. They couldn't stay at the altar and pray. But they could get down on their knees and lay tile or dig potatoes or something. You know, they, they can get down there and do that, but they can't they can't endure. You hear what I'm saying? We don't let that be numbered amongst us. Amen? Is it becoming to us as holiness? The scripture says that we need to, there are things that are not becoming. It's not good. It doesn't, that's not what holiness looks like. is what the, what the writer was saying. Amen? We need to be exuding the presence of God. Amen? That when, remember, I think one of the first messages I preached here was about Jesus juice. When you get squeezed, that Jesus juice should come out. Not curse words. Not inflammatory things. Not a, an inflammatory response. Not sour juice that's all rotten and stinky, amen, but Jesus. When you get pressed, Jesus should come out. When you get under stress, it should be Jesus, amen. How does that happen? You've got to keep getting filled up, refilling, refilling, worshiping, praising, lifting up the name of Jesus, amen. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Listen to this. So we're going we're gonna to take a long stretch here, and we're going to go from digging to potatoes to seeds, Okay, so turn with me to Isaiah chapter 54. Can somebody shout hallelujah this morning? Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Yesterday, we had a, a room full of, well, it wasn't, I guess it was a room full of youth. We had a room full of youth and some old folks. And we began to just shout that we are the generation of Jesus, the Jesus, Jesus generation. And we just began to shout. And I told you come on, shout with me. And they wrote, I literally saw eyes roll and heads do like this at the beginning. And I said, come on, I want, I want you to repeat after me. And they're like, oh, here we go. I didn't make them make some kind of, you know, like, this is my Bible, this is God's Holy Word type thing. I didn't make a make pledge to the American, uh, American flag or the, the Christian flag or anything like that. We were just shouting, we are the Jesus generation. And the first one was kind of weak. So I said, no, 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 come on, we're going to shout it again. And then we just kept going until we were screaming, we are the Jesus generation. And when I walked into the, the fellowship hall, sister uh, Anita McCullough was in there and she said, "Whoa it sounds like y'all had a good time in there that sounded really good (laughs) praise God if you can get young people to shout we are the Jesus generation that wasn't me that was God Amen. and I praise God for that but we need to understand that we are God's people and that we make a a sound before the Lord yes we make a loud sound amen we should be loud the opposite of loud is quiet the opposite of loud is sitting in church with your arms folded and just all tight and tense. There's freedom in His presence. Amen. When I hear something funny, I, you know I did, I used to didn't laugh when I was young. Younger, I wouldn't smile. I wouldn't laugh. It took me a while to learn how to laugh and to smile. How to how to. They call it muscle memory. So I trained myself. To be stoic. I've trained myself not to smile. I trained myself to only, you know, give certain kinds of looks. <laughs> that was me. I'm sorry. I needed Jesus, okay? So when I became a Christian, I, I, I began to laugh. I began to find things funny that before I would have been a Right? You know what I'm talking about? Your grandma tells a funny story or something that, that today I probably would just belly laugh at, just be so hilarious. And I'm just like, yes, dog. you know what I'm talking about? Were y'all all young and mean one time? Hmm? Thank you, Marlon. <laughs> See, it's not just me. So, praise God. I'm not alone. But, you know, we need to understand that 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 joy of the Lord comes and you begin to laugh and you can have freedom and you can laugh and you can laugh out loud and you don't have to be embarrassed about it. Amen? You can laugh and you can rejoice in the presence of God. Okay. Everybody there? Isaiah 54? Amen? All right, look at verse 17. No against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I want you to think about this for a minute. We always like to think about that that side of it that, um, well, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I have heard people say the weapon might be formed, but it won't prosper. Well, it won't prosper. But guess what? If a seed is planted in the ground and it's not watered and it's not... Sudden so the, the warmth doesn't get to it and it doesn't have the right nutrients in there, it will not prosper. Amen. The seed was formed and is put into the ground to prosper with the intent of prospering. That seed has been planted. Amen. And if it's watered and it's dung given the right kind of a fertilizer and it gets the right warmth and everything that it needs, that seed's going to burst up through the ground and it'll begin to prosper. Well, as soon as it opens, it's prospering. There's probably something happening on the inside that we can't see working on the outside that's prospering, but when we see it crack open and begin to pop up through the soil, we know that that seed is prospering. We get excited, don't we? When we see that little piece of green stuff just sticking up under the ground, it's like a little green knuckle. We get excited. Amen? Yes. We get so excited to see that that seed begin to prosper. The plant, it breaks through the soil, and if it further prospers, when it's exposed to the sunlight, when it gets that sunlight, it gives a, it. gives it's like it feels it, and it does. And it begins to like, Oh, it begins to wiggle and move, and it starts moving up really fast, and it's just stretching. And it begins to stretch its little arms out, its little limbs out towards the sun, and then there's leaves that pop out on those little limbs. Amen. It's prospering. It's growing. It's getting bigger and bigger. I'm thinking about the rumor weed right now, and then it, it's that it can begin to grow and get bigger and bigger. The more that it's fed, the more that it's given, the more that it's going to grow. And it begins to stretch forth its limbs and it's, it's, the leaves begin to come. And then it begins to blossom. And those blossoms, those little buds give way to blooms. And those blooms give way to fruit. Amen? Now when that fruit comes, then you'll know. Amen? Amen? When the fruit comes, you'll know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Was it a good seed or an evil seed? When well, we have our, our, our garden boxes, and we plant them with the intention you don't have to hoe it and get the rototiller out because of the way the soil is supposed to stay um, loomy and soft and and. and Anyway, and so you have that set. And you, you go out there and you look and you know where you planted stuff because you planted them in a certain order and you know this was supposed to be this. And the, but somehow something got in there. The wind, the New Mexico wind will pick up a seed and blow it in there and then blow the dirt over the top of it and then a, a little moisture will come and somehow a seed will begin to grow in your garden. And you know, it's just hard when you see the seed. Well, maybe one of the kids dropped a tomato seed. Maybe a bird came along and planted a a pretty flower. Maybe it's something good. Maybe maybe the squirrel planted us a, a an oak tree. Maybe we shouldn't pull it up. We'll just leave it there and see what happens. And we water it right along with the rest of the Plants and we give it all the nutrients it needs, and the sun comes and heats up the box, the soil, and those, that, that little seed begins to grow right along the rest, rest of them. And you don't know what it is till it's about this big around, like stretching its little arms all out, and you don't know what it is. And suddenly you realize it's a goat head. Oh. <laughs> and you watered it, and you fed it, and you nurtured it. We need to know what seeds are being planted. Amen? We should know, we should read the packet. Now, it's been said that the the men and women of God, God would give them a a message and give them insight. The the, the gift of uh, knowledge, word of knowledge, the gift of uh, prophecy, the the gifts. And those gifts are given to the body to, to, to edify, to build up and to strengthen, correct? So, if... Per se the, the man or woman of God says, I see there's been a seed planted, and that seed is not good. There's an evil seed. Then we need to we need to want to know what that is, amen. But our natural human self, the natural automatic man will say, Oh no, you can't talk to me like that. Who do they think they are? Amen? You, don't you know I'm a man and woman of God? I pay my tithes. I'm, I put stuff in the offering plate. I, I do this and I do that. And I, I, and no, you can't tell me there's an evil seed. We should be willing to heed and hear what the Lord is telling us. Amen? God can show you yourself, yes, but often we're too stubborn to hear it. Amen? Lots of times God's trying to tell you and you keep thinking, oh, no, that's not me. No, no, that's not. That's not. That doesn't pertain to this. Amen. So there's a good seed and that good seed will bring forth good fruit. As we know, the Bible says that Jesus said, and then there's an evil seed and that evil seed will bring forth evil fruit. God showed the prophet this. He said, what do you see there? What do you see? He said, he's had two baskets, and one basket was full of good fruit, and the other basket was full of evil figs. What does it mean that they were evil? They were rotting and stinking before the Lord. Amen? Amen. So he tells us, we need to recognize these seeds in our family's life, in your own life. There's there's a sower that goes about sowing, and he's not sowing good seeds. Amen? You can receive that the way you received it. There is a sower going about sowing seeds, and they are not good seeds. Yea, they are evil seeds. Amen? If you don't have the gift of discernment, if you don't have discernment, you need to pray for discernment so that you'll know the difference between a good seed and an evil seed. They often look very much alike. Amen? Brother gave us some. No, we're not, that wasn't an evil seed. But brother gave us a, a pumpkin seed a few years back. And we didn't know what we thought. I guess we planted it and we didn't follow our scripture for gardening method. We didn't label it and we didn't know what it was. And it began to come up and we thought, well maybe this is one of those Navajo squash that somebody gave us. Because we had all these seeds that were just, and we were just planting stuff to see what was gonna grow and what wasn't. And so we, we planted the seed and we watered it and we began to watch it grow and that thing got bigger and the leaves got bigger and it, it looked different than any seed, I, you know, leaves I had seen before. And it just kept getting bigger. It took over the whole greenhouse and, and it gave us one and a half. It gave us one pumpkin that was this big Am I exaggerating? About this big? One big, giant, white pumpkin. I made a sling for that thing. I kept it up off the ground. I, was, I made it. And then another one came along about, about the, not as big as my head, about the size of Ashford's head, I guess, about this big. They, they came up, and that's all they did. But it had vines growing all the way from the front of the greenhouse all the way to the back all the way over to the other side. It was gorgeous. It looked just like the other seed. I didn't know that it was a pumpkin seed. See what I'm saying? It could have been. It could have been not what I wanted. Maybe I didn't want it that, that to happen. I was really happy about it. Maybe, maybe I didn't like it. it was too big. Maybe I was allergic to pumpkins. It took grew huge. You need room for that thing, right? It so we, it was a monster pumpkin. We need to understand that there is a seed that is not of God. And But God says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. So he will show you how to root it up and tear it down. He will show you how to d- destroy it. He says that he will he will he will cut it down and throw it into the fire to be burned. Amen. So we need to get those things out. We need to root them up and find them and, and get them out. One time God gave me a vision of a pig, a hog. And it was, because this is, you know, I live in the country, and this is what they do. They they put their snouts on the ground, they snout around, I don't know what you call it. But I grew up in the country, but not on a farm. And they, they they put their snouts in the ground, and they can smell what's under there. I don't know what, how they do it, but man, they rooted up all my expensive flowers one time. I had just bought all these beautiful bulbs of uh, tulips and daniel, not dandelions, uh, buttercups. And they got like double and triple uh, flowers they were supposed to have, and I spent, you know, probably, my savings on it, and I was really excited about it, and this man had this pig that was supposed to be a pot pig, but it turned out to be a hog. He bought it at the flea market. It turned out to be a big black hog. It would get in the middle of the road and stop traffic, and this hog comes. It got out and came over into my yard and skipped everything else on five acres of land and went straight to that one place and rooted up all of my flowers and ate them. God gave me a vision many years later of a hog rooting up. Because we should be able to sense what's below the surface. We should be able to smell it in the spirit realm. We should be able to know that something's not right. Amen? I'm not saying you always do. We do miss it. Amen? I've missed things in the past. I'm not perfect in that area. But I want you to understand that that we could You have the ability, it is given to you, to recognize and to know what is evil and what is good. Amen? And not only that, he gives us and he charges us with not just leaving it there, but to root it up and tear it down. Amen? That's scripture. Look it up. So we need to understand that we are called to this. That we are to root things up and tear them down. And then in verse Matthew chapter 16, 18, I'm going to wrap it up for you. Matthew 16. Whoa, oh, what am I doing over Old Testament? This is why pastors are supposed to mark their place. <laughs> or ministers. Matthew sixteen eighteen. So this is where Jesus is um, speaking to Peter and um, the disciples, and he asks them, Who do men say that I am? And in verse 16, he spoke to Simon Peter, and he said, Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto you. It wasn't by flesh and blood. It wasn't by his schooling or his understanding in the natural, but that his Father, our Father, which is in heaven, has revealed it to him. He knew it by the Spirit of God. Amen? How did Simon Bar-Jonah know that Jesus was the Son of God? Because God showed it to him. Amen? In verse 18, And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It is given to us. It's part of the package. It's part of your salvation package. Not your insurance package, not your insurance deal with insurance company. It's with your salvation package that Jesus paid for. It's part of what we we were talking last week about the uh, last will and testament. It's part of his will and testament to you. It is yours. Amen. To know to have discernment. It is given to you to know that he is. Amen? It is given to you to know that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And the more we seek him, the more these things will become more strong in us and the more manifest they'll become in us and the more these things will be moving in us. And if we want to see this church grow and multiply, then we need to do this so that people will be drawn And that they will come because he said so. Amen? That we need to light ourselves on fire with the Holy Ghost. And how do we do that? By being in his presence. By allowing these gifts to move in us. By allowing discernment to be strong in us. By recognizing evil and tearing it down. And not inviting it in. Amen? Yesterday, I saw this post that someone shared, and I was just really—I'm upset about it because children were involved. I'd be upset about it if it was adults, but this was children, and it—I it, it I can't pronounce the names because it was a little, a little bit Spanish, and I'm not good at those kind of words. But and it's some kind of—the heading was "The Curse of Such and Such a Place," and it has something to do with New Mexico, and. They had dressed their little girl up. And they put these dark circles under her eyes. I mean, it looked creepy. I mean, this was like, this was just a mom dressing her kids up like this and taking pictures and doing a photo shoot because of what day today is in their world. And she was, and, and they were like Hollywood quality makeup on this child. That she looked like she wasn't alive. You understand? I mean, horrible looking. And in one of the pictures, as, as the legend goes, that, that they were mocking or that they were entertaining, um, she had a hold of her little brother who was dressed in an old timey. She was dressed in an old timey 1920 style gown that came all the way down to the floor. Just it was a beautiful dress, but she had a hold of her little brother under his arms, and he was his feet were dragging, and she was pulling it towards the Rio Grande, towards the river. And, of course, he had this, you know, they were acting. He had this look of fear on his eyes and his face, and and she looked like she was determined to to do this thing. And I was just blown away that people would do this with their kids. But guess what? They're doing it all over the nation today. It wasn't just this particular family. And I went and I read the comments, and people were saying, Oh, I remember that legend. My grandma used to tell me that one. Oh, really? That's so cool. Could you share it with us? If you have a different version, would you share the legend with us? Oh, wow! You really—you did such a good job on her makeup. That looks great. And they're just encouraging this this behavior and lifting it up. And and this is an evil seed. Amen. That's an evil seed. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's no I mean, unequivocally... Uh, You can't say it's not. It is absolutely an evil seed. I read a story a couple of days ago. This lady said that she, when she was growing up, not just at this time of year, but throughout the year, her grandmother, I guess her grandmother was her, bringing her up, her grandmother... And we've read other stories where you didn't have to live in the house. You might just be visiting. So I don't know if she was just visiting or if she lived there. But anyway, she was spending time with her grandma. And every time she would see her grandma or from time to time, her grandma would dress her up in a certain dress and call her a witch. And she was just a child. And she called her, told her that she was a witch over and over and over again. And by the time she was a teenager, she had sought out every form of witchcraft and, and given her life to the practicing of witchcraft. And she became so involved in it and it got to the point where she was about to cross over to the other side of life. And at that point, she remembered something. And so she was encountered with Jesus Christ and she got saved and gave her life to the Lord. And now shit's part of her mission to tell people, don't do this. Amen? Yeah. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. People are, you know, I'm, I'm... I'm on a roll, so stick with me. So people today are gone so far, they're bringing the stuff into the church. Amen? They dress their kids up like witches and goblins and ghouls and the screamer and the, the, the Friday the 13th and all these things. They bring all these things, and they bring them to their church grounds because it's a safe place. No. That's an evil seed. Amen? That is an evil seed. I don't care if I ruffle your feathers and talk to me later, but taking your kids to see horror movies and letting your kids watch horror movies, that is an evil seed. Amen? Death metal. It's an evil seed. I know there's Christian music that sounds like death metal. Am I right? Has a sound, it sounds kind of, but it's not the same. But you need to be careful. <laughs> Beware, okay? Because just because it causes itself christian doesn't mean it is. Amen? Some of the music that your kids are listening to and we don't understand what they're saying, it sounds almost like the opposite of what I said yesterday, but I'm not talking about Christian music at all, okay? I'm not talking about Christian, anything that falls into the Christian realm. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about hardcore, screamo, death metal, Country music. That's right. You can understand almost everything they're saying. You can understand the southern twang they put in it. Pop music, hip hop, rap music. I don't care what genre it is. If it's in the world, is it a good seed or an evil seed? How does the father see it? I'm just going to leave it there. But I'm going to tell you some of the stuff your kids are listening to tells them. I didn't even get into this yesterday. They're putting in their ears. They're listening to it in their ears. And you don't know what they're saying. If they did turn it on the radio where you could listen to it and put it on the speakers with Bluetooth and you could understand what they're saying. Hear it. You probably couldn't understand what they're saying. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You ever hear music and you don't know what the words are? It sounds like they're saying. What was that one thing I thought they were saying? This was a Christian song. Oh. I don't know. It just sounds kind of like this. Rah, rah, rah. that don't listen to Scream (laughs) And I know there are some grown-ups that listen to this kind of music. However, the lyrics are what's important. So if you can't understand it and you feel something, get the lyrics. Ask them what what are they saying. Don't take their word for it. Ask them for the lyrics. If it's a CD, it's got lyrics. If they downloaded it online, you can look up the lyrics. Lyrics Lyrics.com right? You can look up the lyrics and you can know what the words are being said. Some of these songs are telling their kids to kill themselves. Some of the songs are telling their kids to go kill someone else. Some of the songs are telling them to rape people or to be raped. This is the kind of stuff you don't want your kids listening to. This is an evil seed. You understand? Don't think it's okay. It's going to take care of itself. It's not. Amen? You need to take the acts into your own hands and take matters into your own hands because you are given charge over them. Amen? Some of the stuff they're doing on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, people will send each other messages. Sometimes it's not the person you think it is. You might think you're talking to a 15-year-old girl, and it's a 45-year-old sick, perverse man, or a sick, perverse woman, or someone just completely filled with demons. It could be another another teenager, and they tell them the same things to do these things. And there have been multiple, multiple accounts of kids giving into it because they work these six sadistic things on them, and they keep telling them this over and over again, and they keep hearing it, and they're not telling you, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. I just don't feel good. I have a headache. I want to lay down. When they're told this over and over and over again, it gets into their spirit. It's speaking to their mind, their will, and their emotions. They're speaking to their very soul, telling them that they're worthless, that they're trash that they're garbage, calling your your daughters whores and hookers and sluts before they're even 10 years old. You've got to stop it. We've got to do something about it. We are called to be a people of holiness. We are called to be a people who speak life to our kids. We We are called to be a people that say, come out from among them. You are not like this. That is not who you are. God has chosen you. God loves you. Jesus gave us life for you you are his child you matter you're beautiful you're wonderful you're fearfully and wonderfully made the devil is a liar and everything that comes against everything that i just said about you being beautiful and fearfully and wonderfully made anything that tells you otherwise is a lie you are talented you are gifted and you're called of god anything anybody tells you something opposite of that it's a lie you don't believe it amen The gates of hell shall not prevail, and these seeds shall not prosper, but we have a job to do. Peter knew that Jesus was the Christ because of his relationship, because of his passion for the Lord, because God revealed it to him. Amen? Jesus didn't say he was going to build a church on Peter. That's a misunderstanding, a misnomer. It's a no no. We are not the Catholic Church. Our roots do not lie in the Catholic Church. And nothing about who we are as saved, sanctified, filled the Holy Ghost Christians has anything to do with a church being built on Peter. Amen? Amen. The church is built on the faith of who Christ is. Of the revelation knowledge of knowing that He is the Son of God, the Christ, the Lamb of God. That's what the church is built on. Nothing but the blood. Amen? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Anything, any seed that is planted in that foundation, any seed that is planted in that good ground and that good soil of this faith and this belief and knowing and understanding the revelation of who Christ is the seeds that are planted there will grow and prosper and bring forth good fruit, because they will be good seeds. That's that's that that foundation, that good soil will not receive and will not nurture an evil, an evil seed. Amen. Because it's supernatural. It supersedes natural law. Amen. So we must make sure our kids have that good, firm, solid foundation, nothing wavering. If you say you love your kids, you say you love your grandchildren, you need to get your life like that. Amen? We need to get a hold of who Christ has called you to be, of who he has made you to be, and not cower and not back down. But look them in the eye and say, not so, Satan. Get thee behind me. These kids are mine. I've given charge over them. And I will not back down. Your husband, your wife, same thing. I will not back down. Amen? They belong to Jesus. They should belong to Jesus. We should be a family of God. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Amen? Let's pray. Last. I stone to come on up here and play some Holy Ghost music as we close out the service this morning. If you need prayer, you you have want someone to agree with you in prayer or would like for me to agree with you in prayer, if you like prayer, the altars are open. And I will say again, I've said it before and I'll say it again anytime I'm the pulpit and you are drawn to the altar. You come to the altar. And if I feel led to pray with you, I will. But the Holy Spirit leads me to come down and pray with you. I'll come down and pray with you. If he says, leave him alone, I'll leave you alone. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, we give you glory. We just praise your holy name, Father. The altar, again, the altar is open if you want prayer. You feel free to come on forward. Lord, we just thank you. We give you glory. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.